your friend, the therapist. On this podcast, we're skipping the small talk and working to destigmatize mental health through intimate conversations with everyday people about their mental health journeys and how they stay well in a world that feels like it's falling apart. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. My guest today is Stacy Schultz. Stacy is a board-certified massage therapist and Rosen Method bodywork practitioner in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Stacy holds space for those deconstructing from religion and or embracing their queer identity. They believe deeply in the transformative power of touch and presence. Stacy, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad to finally connect with you. We were saying uh, before I hit record that you know we've been trying to connect in person virtually for a while now. So it's good to it's good to finally be here. Um, so the first question I'm asking everyone, and we'll see where our conversation goes from here, is what does wellness mean to you, and what does that look like in your life right now? Wellness. Yeah, I've been pondering even this word wellness. Um, I don't know if talk therapists identify with this, but um, as a body worker, I'm within an industry, like the wellness industry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that is not what I identify with. And so just to answer your question, like, what does wellness mean to me? And it's like, it's not those things. Um, Mm -hmm. I am learning that it is me loving myself for who I am. Um, and allowing myself to to show up in this world um, where it comes from a space of an in- internal space and not from like an external set of standards placed on me. And that's been pretty mm-hmm. transformative for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that your definition of wellness is very much different than the wellness industry because the word, I use the word wellness really intentionally um, because of what I want to highlight that wellness does not equal wellness industry, does not equal capitalism yeah. um, and sort of dismantling that whole system. So I'm curious to backtrack a little bit. I haven't actually really talked about this with anyone on the show, and I think you might be the perfect person, but when you think of the wellness industry as a whole, what do you think of and what sort of rubs you the wrong way about it? Yeah, ooh, so many things. Like what? Well, I'm just thinking. Like one thing is like how we're supposed to appear. Like, mm. as someone assigned female at birth, like you're supposed to present yourself a certain way, or you know, like your hair, or your makeup, or your body size, or like all of that, and that can limit you seeking things that are actually helpful for you. Like I'm thinking of terms mm. of massage. Like some people have body shame and they don't feel like they deserve a massage or they don't deserve, like we don't deserve these things and that Mm. somehow it has to like wellness has to be earned in some way. And I feel like right now, like part of my thing, I mean, we're still recover, I don't know, recovering from a pandemic in the middle of whatever happened like three years ago too. And just um, figuring out like we don't like rest is so important and we live in a culture that just keeps pushing and grinding and, again, going back to this wellness, like you have to earn it. And sometimes you have to have a disposable income in order to be able to, you know, like do those things for yourself. And then, you know, you can throw in the word self-care is like, what does that mean? (laughs) You know, it's just, it's just hard for me because I think I've always been someone who's pushed back against words because words are powerful. 
and they can prevent us from becoming who we are or allowing us to be who we are. Yeah. 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 So coming back to how you actually define wellness, will you say again, and it's okay if you don't get it word for word, there is a transcript, but just to compare what sort of the wellness industry says, which is really based on outward versus kind of how you're defining it for yourself now. Um, Wellness for me is just, it's like, it's being comfortable in my own skin Mm. with who I am and Mm. not having to defend that to anybody else. Um, And like what resonates for me. And that seems, yeah, even saying that, it's like, you know, I could feel the pushback. Oh, that's so selfish. But it's like, really, is it? Like, are we allowing ourselves space to, like, be who we are and to be well and okay with that um, and to find the balance in that, whatever yeah. that balance might look like? Yeah. And since we, we talked about a little bit, hinted at the power of language, whenever people say something is selfish, I've started to think to myself, mm, who decided selfish was a bad thing, too? Yeah. Um. Yeah. What do you have any sort of um, like is selfish a loaded word for you? It sounds like it might be. And I'm, I'm guessing from some high control religious backgrounds, it yeah. may be as well. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Religion is definitely part of what shaped me. Like my mm. like just my childhood, my adolescence, my young adulthood. And I think that's what I'm pushing back against and relearning the wording for. Because so many times, if you want, if you wanted to, if you needed to do something for yourself, you're like, I, I have too many commitments right now. Like, I'm just thinking in terms of church. Like, yeah. if you're like, I just need a break. And it'd be like, oh, well, you, you know, like, that, you're being selfish. Like, you need to serve mm. more. Like, if you just serve more. And I'm even in sharing this, like, I can feel the sweats, like, just showing up, you know, like, it's in there. Um, it's there being in my body. But it's also, again, pushing back against that and claiming oneself. From yeah. Those. yeah, yeah, and there, there's so much there that um, I would love to like pull apart. I mean, you named the somatic work, and given that that is uh, the primary focus of your work, I'd love to dive in a little bit more. Like you just said, I feel sweat coming up when I talk about um, some of this religious stuff. What does body-based work look like for you personally, or? What because I know you offer it to clients mm-hmm. as well. What does that look like? Like for me personally, receiving body work. I guess I can answer it from both sides too. Yeah, like, from both sides. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, receiving body work, it's um, it's part of my quote self care. Mm-hmm. Irony of that, but um, mm-hmm. to receive touch, like just to be able to receive touch with no expectation. Um, and how incredibly healing that can be, um, whether it's like a massage or Thai body work or um, Rosen method, which is a type of body work with hands on. And um, like the practitioner talks to the client, but it's also you're engaging with the body and what you're seeing show up in the body. And that is what the beauty of the work is for me, like both receiving it and also being a practitioner of Rosen method body work. Um, and sometimes too, I don't realize until like I'm more in a frazzled scene. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, well, you haven't had, you haven't had body work yourself. Like, go receive from somebody. Um, 
yeah again it goes back to that culture of like just keep working just gotta keep working just you know like until you fall over from exhaustion just keep working and again it goes back to finding that balance and it's not about like squishing it in where you can it's about yeah um i'm working to you like i just on the concept of expansion like what are things that allow me to expand and not feel like i have to constrict myself to be Mm. agreeable yeah yeah i i was pulling some oracle cards recently i talk about you know a shift from religious practices and i got I got the expansion card in my deck. So I, I really resonate with that. This like blossoming, how much space can I take up in the world? Um, and I think to like go to flip to the other side of that, like as a body work person, like that I can create the space for people to come mm-hmm. to. Like it's about me taking care of myself so that I can create the space for other people. Um, and I can try to make my office as safe as possible, but it is, it's up to the client to determine that for themselves and to not, yeah. to not force it, to be like, this is what's available. And there's always something for me to learn. Um, but it's just always beautiful to see like after like an hour with a client or 90 minutes with the client, just the transformation that is possible when we have moments of pause and rest mm. and allow ourselves just to be met. is I, I imagine that sort of the space that you create clients creates like a, a pause, but I, I don't know a lot about Rosen um, yeah. method. Is there intentional pauses within your time with clients too? Yeah. It's, I call it body. It's What I'm finding fascinating of what, like what I offer this world is it's body based and it goes at the pace of the body which is vastly different than the brains that are within our heads that are always trying to solve everything. And so sometimes sessions can be scary for people because it's slower and we don't have the answers. The, you know, the body wants to know that it's safe to be seen. Um, And so it's having both of those dialogues with like the client's thinking brain, the client's body, and then this person that's witnessing like, and um, it's an intricate dance and it's a beautiful Mm. dance of, what shows up and sometimes you don't even realize what our you know what's in our bodies again until it feels like it's safe to come out or make a little bit of appearance to see if it can be met and and again going back to that sense of expansion like oh let's just try this out a little bit oh let's try it out a little more oh that was a little too much and then acknowledging that like that was too much like then you can back up a little bit and that's part of the healing process too yes yeah, I'm picturing like a um, like a bellows or like a, a – I know people won't be able to see this, but my hands are like moving back and forth that like there's an expanding and there's a contracting, just like the breath. Mm-hmm. Like we can move fluidly in between the two. Yeah. I'm curious what, um, what your relationship was like with your own body, if you're willing to go there 11 minutes in. Um up to this point, you know, like I imagine for most of us coming out of high control religion, we either don't have a relationship with our body or it's pretty negative. But what was yours like? (laughs) I feel like part of me wasn't even connected to my body. Um, As weird and interesting as that sounds, because I am a person that must do. I am the doer. And so I kept doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, I just think it's definitely 
been a massage therapist now for almost 14 years. And I think it was part of that process that slowed me down. Um, but other ways I experienced my body, like I got into long distance running and in, in some ways, I, I'm not sure if it was a trauma response per se, but it was also a way to meet other people. Like it was a way I started meeting people outside of the church community of like, Hey, we're going to go for a run on Saturday. Let's meet. And then, you know, you start running and you're chatting with people cause you're, you're tired, you're pushing your body in certain ways. Um, and I th think that's when I realized, started realizing how amazing like my body is or how amazing bodies are, like what they are capable of doing and how we can move in this world and engage with the world and maybe do things to make the world a different place and a better place mm -hmm. for ourselves and other people. Um, and it's still a continued struggle. Like, you know, like there's a comparison part. I mean, it's part with being human. Like I go to certain movement classes and I'm like, oh, they can do that so much better than me. I'm like, they're also 20 mm. years younger than me. <laughs> like yes. I'm here, like I'm here in this class and I'm doing this. And I, the one question I'll, I'll, I ask myself is, am I having fun? Am I having fun right now? And if the answer is yes, I'm like, okay, this is, it doesn't always have to be fun either, but it, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, joy i think it's been in embracing joy in my body yeah yes i that reminds me of something i've been seeing going around social media recently talking about that the the goal of um trauma recovery work whatever that looks like is not so that you can like endure more trauma but so that you can be open to joy yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what, um, well, this is kind of like a strange question to answer, I suppose, but what disconnection from your body was like? And, and I, the reason I say it's a strange question is because I also have had that experience and disconnection is like, I'm just not even aware. So I don't, <laughs> but I'm curious if you have, have an answer to that. What, disconnection from your body is or if someone out there is disconnected from their body how might they know that that's what they're experiencing so something a term that I've recently like dubbed for myself or a question that I'll ask is like am I inside my skin like I am I inside my own body um because in the last few years I've realized like I kind of wasn't I was just kind of out there like answer your question like I was just kind of out there but I didn't realize I was out there mm. um and so like when I'm more internal like this again the sense of like in my skin like I feel like I'm looking outside of my own eyes like from my mm. own eyes I don't know if this yes. makes sense um like I'm seeing the world through myself um and at first it was really confusing because again going back to like our prior thing of like it's selfish or bringing, you know, some like church stuff of like all these things of like how we're supposed to behave in the world. And suddenly I'm like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be right now, but this is what I'm trying out. And um, for me, it also opened up this sense of um, wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, um, mm. and brought me like more present just present to my surroundings it was like this like 
I don't know. It feels like the Matrix in some ways. All of a sudden, it was just like the switch of like, oh my god, like I'm in this flesh vessel that for like so much of my life was, you know, this sin-filled body, and now it's just this amazing body that can function in this amazing world and the present tense that we live in. Um, and getting as weird as that sounds, but getting comfortable with that. I'm like, here I am. Here we are. Like, yeah. Well, we're taught within a lot of religious settings we're taught to hate our bodies and like you said they're sinful especially those of us assigned female at birth we're we're mm-hmm. living in just like walking stumbling blocks of meat sacks <laughs> right <laughs> which like <laughs> it's kind of true though i laugh like when clients say that too, i just laugh i'm like yeah flesh vessels meat meat like yeah. I, did. I was like wow yeah but then it's like how do we love that like how do we love mm. that this vessel that we've been given. I mean, how do we love that? What has your process been from complete disconnection, my body is sinful, to this sense of wonder within your own body? What did that process look like for you? Uh, (laughs) Hmm. I don't, hmm. I went to, I'm just thinking, like I went to yoga classes, like I think that was Mm -hmm. part of it. But again, to like, to not push. That's mm-hmm. been the big takeaway is to not push. Like you'll be in class, it's like, oh, you do this pose. And it's like, if you can't do this pose, and then like the chatter that can start yes. one's brain. Um, and so for me, it was learning to back it off of, like a step or two steps or asking for support or, you know, like, I don't understand how to do this. Um, and for me, it was like finding another type of regulation um, and for my journey, it's been spending a lot more time in nature, again, to explore the, that wander part of things um, and to realize how much nature in the human, I mean, the human body is part of nature, but how there's so many different examples in nature that are like how the body functions. And it's just, mm-hmm. just thing like, wow, like we're connected. I'm connected. There's just something bigger, like this whole nature and natural system um that is beautiful and wonderful and Mm -hmm. and also hard i mean it's not all glorious stuff but it's also a place to be and explore yeah did you have any relationship with nature and the natural world when you were still in high control religion um or what was it like if you did have a relationship yeah um i think yeah nature has always been a thing that's soothed me i just again i didn't realize it like you don't realize it you know sometimes it's like retrospect right you're like oh that's what i was doing like i would go out and sit by a tree um when i was little it was kind of like my escapism like i would go sit by a tree but at the same time like i was at that time like that's where i could connect to god because there wasn't this structure there wasn't this church building there weren't these expectations there was just like oh i'm sitting out in the sun but then there you know could be like a church interpretation put onto that um and it's interesting too because in undergrad i actually studied ended up studying earth science and geography and geology and Mm. and that is something that's now rekindling it's like oh i have this nerdy knowledge like let's apply this and um, cause in some ways it felt during my undergrad training, um, I was at a state school, like all my education 
has been it's like wasn't private it was all like the state um secular institution to say it mm-hmm. that way but in undergrad there was such shame about studying science i don't know part of it like being assigned female at birth you know in church culture you're supposed to like go you know seek the, seek the spouse seek have kids right. and i'm like no oh, i really like nature like nature so like me and a bunch of guys in a lot of my classes and uh but yeah i just there's something about about nature and the cycles and to answer your question too just mm-hmm. about like being in my body and exploring that more it's just um acknowledging the cycles like female bodies have these monthly cycles you know and like there are certain hormonal shifts that happen and put us in different moods or wanting certain things and just even acknowledging that because again we live Mm. in this culture that's like gotta keep working and you know just keep taking the advil or doing that like slowing down to like that type of like system or cycle and then like the earth cycle like i really just try to be in tune with like again the cycles of the moon like you have a new moon and you have the full moon and it's just there's these energy shifts that happen. And then like expanding a little further out, you have um, like the the equinoxes and the solstices, like there's two of those each year. And I'm like, how beautiful, mm. you know, like how, like nature's just doing the thing, like just very consistently doing the thing. Like, yeah. um, and especially like I live in a part of the country where there's, um, we have four very distinct seasons and like our daylight fluctuates tremendously. And so it's kind of like, I invite people into my home now on the solstices and the equinoxes as a sense of community of like, let's, let's acknowledge this shift of the time. Like let's acknowledge we're going into the darker season. Like what is it that we're letting go of? Um, And so again, like with the body, it's also finding a different type of community and where people are like yeah sure let's do this thing let's yeah. uh let's acknowledge autumn and not just you know pretend i think that's part of it too we live in this like pretend realm in some ways of like just keep going and i'm like well actually the leaves are falling it's getting darker moods are changing like all of this and so, mm, yeah so it's a lot of what do those gatherings look like like do you have different practices for each of the solstices or equinox or yeah I'm kind of working I'm it's something that's evolved it's kind of a beautiful thing because at first it was like oh god like what are people even gonna come like are they gonna think I'm crazy and when I say people it's like just people that I've met um I'm pretty recent to Minneapolis I've only been here just two years so it's like that's been a way of finding community um but we just, I recently hosted one for um, the autumn equinox. So that means it's like we have 12 hours of light and 12 hours of dark. And now we have like longer times of dark at night. Um, and it was just, I had like a ritual circle and I asked people to come up with the intention of like, what did you grow over the summer? Like what in your life grew and what now are you willing or wanting to let go of? Um, and we just sat with that. And again, it's about being in community and allowing people to share what's true for them and not having to give them feedback, mm. how to change it or how to make it different or better. It's like their experience is witnessed. Um, and then we actually went down to a river and did a little ceremony at the river and let things mm. go from the river or into the river. And for me, 
it also is part of my process of letting go of church stuff because that would not have happened in church stuff like these no. type of rituals and um it is well, they happen in their own way in their right? own way right yeah <laughs> totally like yeah kids do you know those yeah there'd be all this like titles of like what was good and what was bad and yeah and it was just like to be in this community with people who were choosing to be at my house and another important component is um for me is food like potluck so I will make like a big pot of soup but then I invite other people to bring food and again it's so weird because I was thinking about it's like church in some ways right but yes. it's different like the expectations aren't there and it's just it's different mm -hmm. and it's just community um and like in, when winter solstice happens like here I mean it's dark here at like 4 30 ish I think is when the sun sets mm -hmm. on solstice so it's all about the light and inviting the light back in. So like having candles and making luminaries out of ice, like, like ice mm. and um, like, like, again, it's the question is like, what are you calling into your life now? And again, going back mm. to following like these seasonal cycles, it's just like nature is giving us the cues and can we kind of tap in yeah. to that? Right. Yeah, can we tap into what she's already offering? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I know we've we've gone sort of this long without directly addressing your deconstruction journey, and and that's intentional on my part because while that is important, you're also a whole person who is so much more than just religious upbringing. Um, but you hinted at it, so I'm going to ask about it. Sort of what that journey has looked like for you deconstructing from high control religion oh yes yes <laughs> it's interesting um again like in retrospect I think I was deconstructing the whole time I was in if that makes mm -hmm. sense because I was mm -hmm. always asking questions and being um and I guess yeah there's like two things I want to say one is like you're not alone if you're questioning yeah. your religion or the religion you were brought up in because that was one of my struggles is I always felt isolated mm. um and I also experienced different denominations um mostly because of my own curiosity of life of like well this church does it or this denomination does it this way let me try this one well that's interesting and um so like again for anyone who would be listening like I have been I grew up in the Dutch Reformed Church, which is very Calvinistic. Mm -hmm. In college, I was involved in the Evangelical Free Church. I attended Campus Crusade, which I think is now called Crew. Um, I was involved with Awana. I did a summer missions trip. I moved somewhere. I got involved in a cooperative Baptist fellowship church, which allowed women in leadership. And so that was the first time I had ever seen that. Um, I ended up overseas as a missionary. So there's all these things that I'm like deconstructing from. So I was like, wow, yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah. And two things happened. And they're actually like, I mean, there's like, again, there's like the head thinking through stuff, but there's two things that happened and they both involved body work. And one was that I was, re I was receiving a Rosen method session. And I just remember this really amazing feeling in my body of like, I am a good person. Like, I am just, I'm a good per. like, I'm a good person. And I said, the words that came from my mouth were, I am not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. And the, the practitioner could not 
meet that. Like I literally felt abandoned is probably a little strong of word, but they were involved with church stuff. And they, you know, and like, it's just, and right, there was like this moment of like, wow, I just shared something really deep and it wasn't met. Mm. And I was like, wow, huh. And that was, that was a, mm, at least seven, eight years ago. Mm. Um, and then more recently, I was giving a bodywork session um, and a client came in and they were just talking about during the session about how when they were a child, they'd gone to their house and their parents weren't home and they thought the rapture had come mm. and they had been left behind. And in that session, I just stood there and it felt like I had been sucker punched in my stomach because I was like, wow, I, I wasn't the only person that had this type of experience. And I didn't have words for it. Like either of these experiences, I didn't have words for it. Like I didn't realize it was religious stuff, you know, religious trauma. I, sometimes I hesitate using the word trauma too, because it's like a pretty loaded word. But um, it got me really curious of like, there is something to this. And there is something that we're not talking about, like collectively as a culture that clients of mine are bringing in and it's hitting against my own stuff, which I didn't even realize I had per se. And I was like, yeah, this is all church stuff. This is all yeah. stuff I took on unknowingly. I, I think of like the frog in the boiling water pot. Like I just mm -hmm. kept taking it on and I would ask the questions and, Oh no, you can't doubt. Or, you know, going back to that, you're selfish or you're just, you just have to give more. You just have to do this. And, you know, the water kept getting hotter and hotter and I just kept acclimating more and more. And then one day I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. Mm. I mean, I haven't set foot in a church in probably in 15 years. And oh. uh, yeah, it's, it's always going to be a process like deconstructing. Yeah. It's again, it's like being with the past, but also claiming what it like, like the present right now. And using that yes. to go into the future. And that's, it's a hard walk to walk. And I yeah. like, because church stuff just makes it complicated because community, it's a different type of community. Like if you've been in it, you get it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we need community. I mean, as you were talking about before with your solstice and equinox rituals and like how powerful it is to be in community with one another. Um, we, we do need it. And church provides it for a lot of people um, with a lot of extra baggage in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm even thinking about this, the story you shared with receiving body work, how um, your body was holding this too. And like how perhaps part of building community post-religion or, you know, not that you need to leave church altogether mm. to, to find healing. Like everyone has their own process. Not all yeah. church is bad. Um, right. But that like coming into community with your own body is so important, so valuable. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like there's so much more that we could dive into here. Um, 
I am curious, though, to bring it back to the present moment, sort of what it looks like for you to be selfish, to reclaim your body, reclaim your life right now. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it's a concept of fun in some ways. Like I just bring in fun um, because like in my career, I hold some, I hold heavy space. I'll just put it that way. And, uh, and sometimes again, it feels hard to like, oh, I'm going to go have fun. Um, And what that looks like, like was before is like, I'm going to like different types of movement classes and trying different things for my body. And realizing it doesn't have to be perfect like I guess mm. in some ways it's embracing like this child the childish ways that I couldn't do before it's like mm. just show up like have fun that was really hard like showing up to art classes like and also just being like yeah I don't know what I'm doing that's okay yeah. um and the one thing my friends know is I my one of my taglines is just try something and then do it again because the first time there's just a lot going on, right? And like the second time you're like, you know, you kind of, you know, like you know a little bit more what to expect. Um, and like, I've been going to like performances, like plays and like dancing. Like the other night I just went out, um, there was a performer in town. I'm like, you know, I really like their music and I just want to go like dance with other people. And it was just, it's so freeing. And that's the part that again, still gets confusing because of the freedom. It's like, wait, what? Like, you know, Mm. wait for it. And it's like, well, actually, no, no, no. And yeah. And oh, and like going back to nature, I have this tree. I go, I try to walk past this tree, like at least three or four times a week, this tree, I hug this tree and I just kind of like check around like what's going on Mm. around the tree. And uh, also I've been learning more about um, mushrooms and fungi and lichen and going into the woods with friends and just I feel like again this childlike thing I just stare at these mushrooms like if it shows up like a mushroom will only have been there for like 24 to 72 hours before it disappears again yes. but um I'll just like nature is so cool I, like say that like every minute like nature is so cool it's just like there's these yeah. things called slime mold it's like you poke the blobby slime and it's like, it's just, it's finding the little things and appreciating the little things. Mm, yes. Yes. Oh, what is it about that one tree that draws you in? Do you it's know? big and it's old and it's a, it's a big oak tree and it's just got these burly, like this burly bark and stuff on it. And it's been there a long time. It has to, it's, it's probably over 150 years old just by like the size of it and it's close to the water and I just hug it and I'm like you've been here longer than I have or you know it's just like like not like teach me your wisdom but just like you're sturdy and solid and and just to see too like how it goes through the seasons like now it's dropping its leaves and soon it will be not have any leaves on it and just again that reminder of just we all live in these beautiful cycles Mm. yes we live in these beautiful cycles and we can commune with nature too, just as much as we commune with other human beings. We can commune with other living or non-living beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Oh, there's so much more that I would love to talk to you about. So we'll have to schedule another time to chat, but um just out of respect for your time, 
we'll we'll end here. But before we do, where can people find you if they want to learn more about your work? I know you have, um, at least I personally enjoy your your stuff on Instagram. I'll link it in the um, show notes. But where can people find you? Yeah, it's mostly Instagram or my website. There's something about when you make your name a dot com. I don't know. Somehow it becomes serious. Um, For sure. I get and that. I'm working and I'll put this in there too. Like I'm working on how to show up in this world because it's just, mm. I, I have things to share, but also people are open to judging those things in some ways. And so it's this interesting thing of like, do I talk about religious trauma? Do I talk about queer identity? Do I talk about mm. like all of the things? And so there's going to be more stuff coming out on my social media. Um, and again, it's just so that other people know they're not alone that is what's behind a lot of what I share. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know for sure. I've definitely felt that in your work. Um, and I know we didn't even get to talking about queerness or aging. So like many some- things. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay <laughs> your tuned. Questions. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We'll have to do a part two because those are such important topics. Um, but yeah, everyone follow Stacy stay stay in touch with what they're working on um and yeah well thank you so much for being here with me yeah thanks Gary this has been another conversation with your friend the therapist to follow the podcast you can find us on instagram at your friend the therapist pod and you can follow my work as a trauma therapist and yoga teacher on instagram at carrie fillion psychotherapy on my website, carryfillion.com. Take care and stay well.